Thank you all for coming out to the opening of my new flight office in Houston. In 1924, when I was 32 years old, I left my family and friends and moved back to Texas. My next air show has been scheduled and will happen on Juneteenth. And that will kick off my tour of the Southern States. It was difficult to leave my home and the people who loved me, but I thought it was the best decision for my career. Before I even had my aviator's license, I knew I wanted to dedicate my career to the advancement of my people. I want to show colored folks that there is a different life out there than what we're being told. And we can do whatever we put our minds to. What I didn't say to my small crowd of supporters was that I had shows scheduled, but I still hadn't secured a plane. I didn't have the connections down south that I'd had up north. Enjoy yourselves tonight. And don't forget that there is a collection box on that table over there if you'd like to donate to my flight school fund. You don't belong here, and you don't belong in the sky. What? Go back to where you came from, nigger. Will someone please get this man out of here? <sighs> Welcome back to the South. American Urban Radio Networks and Flying Free Films present Invisible Eagles' Bessie Coleman, presented by AARP, and starring Quivenjene Wallace as Bessie, Episode 8. Her spirit lives on. Did you know that AARP is fighting for America's over 48 million family caregivers who help adults live independently in their homes instead of being forced into nursing homes? Family caregivers need common sense solutions that will save them time and money and provide them with more support. Go to AARP.org for more information on caregiving. Now, back to the story. My next air show was fast approaching and I needed to secure a plane quick. Any chance you let me take that Jenny off your hands for a few days? How much you offering? Exposure. I don't like fancy words. Just look at it as being even better than money. <laughs> Can I buy food with this exposure? If you do it right, yes. Nah, you can keep it. I don't think you understand what you're passing up. If you let me borrow your plane, I'll put a sign up advertising your business at every one of my air shows. You know who I am, right? Yeah. Then you should also know that I pull in huge crowds. 10,000 people come out to see me on an average day. Have you ever seen that many people? That's 10,000 sets of eyes looking at, what's the name of your business? Jed Shop. Right. 10,000 eyes looking at an advertisement for Jed's Shop. You'll have a line out of the door the very next day. <sighs> I looked around Jed's raggedy shop he needed this just as much as I did. Okay, you could use my Jenny. Great, I'll have her back after. If you pay me a, let's call it a colored fee. What? I'm already putting up your signs. Yeah, but I'm gonna have to get my plane be cleaned afterwards. No way I could use it again after you sat in it for all those hours. How much? I think $3 should cover it. Fine. <laughs> All right then, you got yourself a deal. I always felt a piece of my dignity chip away every time I made these deals, but I justified it by remembering how many black folks I'd be helping. The Jenny's right over there. <sighs> she does fly, doesn't she? <laughs> On a good day. 
It was June 19, 1925, when I climbed into that borrowed plane and flew from my home state of Texas for the first time. As I looked down on the audience and I saw both black and white faces, I was reminded that even though the South could still be horrible, it had grown some since I was a child. Barnstorming is defined as traveling around giving exhibitions of flying and performing aeronautical tricks. Oftentimes, the venues were barns. My life became a blur of giving lectures. I have to make sure the plane is above 500 feet at all times for the safety of the audience. Borrowing planes. Okay, so in exchange for using your plane for two of my shows, I'll allow you to set up a booth by the entrance at each event. I suppose. And barnstorming. Sometimes the venues were actual barns. Over and over again. Lectures. What the audience sees is the plane moving in the shape of the number eight. Begging for a plane. We had a deal, Troy. You promised to have the plane ready for me to pick up today. And barnstorming. <laughs> Everyone, you're in for a show. It was enough to make my head spin. 35, 36, 37. But I was finally able to make enough to put a down payment on my own plane. I'll be back with the rest soon. I'd like to help you, Bessie. I'd approach William Willis about sponsoring one of my air shows, and instead, he offered to be my mechanic. I don't own a plane for you to maintain. But you will. I'm sure of it. And when you get it, I want to be your mechanic. What's the catch? No catch. It's just... Uh, this ain't a popular opinion, but I like what you're doing around here. What do you mean? Integration. You do? Well, people are people. I agree. Okay, William Willis. I'll call you when I get my plane paid off. Please do. Come on, hurry up! Welcome home! <laughs> what happened to my building? Get back, miss! It's not safe! The fire completely destroyed everything I was working towards in Houston. It was a total loss. <laughs> I moved to Florida soon after the fire. I took a job working part-time in a beauty salon while I tried to figure out my next move. Florida is sticky, and I'm not sure when the weather will get better. Why do people live here willingly? I always did my best to stay in touch with my family and friends in Chicago. I miss them so much, it hurt. I'm still trying to save up the money I need to finish paying off my plane in Dallas and get it transferred here. That fire really did a number on my finances. But for some good news, I've been invited to the governor's mansion. I'll let you know if I meet any celebrities. I'd always been good at parties full of white folks, and the one at the governor's mansion was no different. <laughs> Goats, actual livestock running around as I got prepared to fly. Can you imagine? 
No! 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 I can't! That's Edwin Beeman, the very rich heir to the Beeman chewing gum fortune. And if you're wondering, yes, he did kind of smell like mint. Uh, how do you maintain your composure in situations like that? Oh, oh I, I love it. I've never been high maintenance. I, I just want to be in the air. That's commendable. Cheers to doing what you love. Cheers to that. Uh, when's your next show? I'd love to attend. I haven't seen a goat in a while. <laughs> well, that depends. If I can get the money together in time to pay off my plane, Sooner rather than later. Oh, you don't have a plane? <laughs> no, sir. Not since my last one went down a few years ago. So you what? Uh, rent them? Borrow. No, that just won't do. Not for a talented aviator like yourself. Uh, how much do you need to pay off your plane? What? I'm serious. This white man I just met at a party was offering to pay off my plane for me. With no strings attached? <laughs> I'm no fool. I told him the amount, and he wrote me a check on the spot. Hello, William. Bessie Coleman here. I did it. I paid off my plane. Yes, I'm very excited. Does your offer still stand to come and work with me? Good, because I'm going to need a huge favor. William knew how to fly planes on top of just fixing them, so I asked if he'd be willing to fly my plane from Dallas to Jacksonville. Oh, yeah, of course. I'd scheduled an air show to take place on May 1st, 1926, so that meant we only had a few days to get my plane the 996 miles from Dallas, Texas to Jacksonville, Florida. Yes, William, come in. I repeat, I had to land in Meridian. Mississippi? What happened? <sighs> damn thing kept stalling. I'll do some repairs and get it back up as soon as possible. My plane was new to me, but she was an old, old bird. I expected repairs to be needed, so I wasn't that worried. But when William called again, I started to sweat. Uh, uh, Bessie, I only made it to Farmingdale. What's wrong with her? It was the propeller this time. It shouldn't take too long to fix. Do you think you'll make it in time? Don't much have a choice, right? No, we don't. Then I'll be there. You're listening to Invisible Eagle's Bessie Coleman, presented by AARP. AARP is fighting for America's over 48 million family caregivers who help older adults live independently in their homes instead of being forced into nursing homes. Every day, family caregivers assist their older parents, spouses, siblings, grandparents, and other loved ones so they can live independently in their homes where they want to be. They help with everything, including medications and Medicare, meals, bathing and dressing, finances, grocery shopping, transportation, and more. Go to AARP.org for more information on caregiving. Now, back to the story. It was a hellish trip, but William and my Jenny made it to Jacksonville on the 28th, three days before the show at Paxson Field. I'm so happy you made it. I might need to ask for a raise after that trip. And you deserve it. I guess we've got some work to do to get this baby into shape before the show. I'm ready when you are. 
After a few days, William felt confident in the plane's ability to handle the extreme nature of my performance. Mind flying to test so I can find a good spot to parachute to during the show? As long as we can get some food first, I'm hungrier than a dick on a teddy bear. After William and I ate, we made our way to the Jenny for our first flight. You know that guy walking away from the runway? Nope. Maybe he's a mechanic for the airstrip? You're probably right. Let's, let's get up there before it's too late. You hear that, that, that rattling? Believe it or not, that's an improvement over the sound it made on the way from Dallas. This is better than before? Yep, it was shaking like all get out. We're kind of like friends, right? Depends on what you're about to say. I think you got a bum deal on this plane. It's hardly worth the scrap metal keeping it together. You might be right, but it's already making me money, so that makes it a good deal. Copy <laughs> that. It didn't matter that I've flown over the Earth hundreds of times. The view never got old. This is living! I leaned over the edge of the plane a bit to scope out the area and... What, what was that? Damn it! William? I can't control! Bessie Coleman is dead. The groundbreaking aviator, along with her co-pilot William Willis, took a Curtis JN Jenny aircraft for a test flight when they lost control and crashed. Uh, Ma'am, you were close by when Bessie Coleman's plane went down. Tell me what you saw. I didn't notice the plane in the sky until I heard the sound of it falling, and it was going down real fast. Then I saw someone fall out. It was horrible. I was only 34 when I fell out of that plane. I had so much more I wanted to do. After an investigation, it was determined that my plane went down because a wrench was left in the plane and got jammed in the controls after we took off. <sighs> there was nothing we could have done. I'll never know if William accidentally left the wrench in the plane or if someone succeeded in sabotaging my desire to lift up my race through flight. But it doesn't seem to matter much now. What's done is done. We are here for the homegoing celebration of Bessie Coleman. I was so honored when Ida B. Wells spoke in my service. I'd been a big fan of her writing and of what she'd done for Black civil rights. Bessie's done so much to inspire our community that I'd be here all night trying to list her accomplishments. But one thing's for absolute sure. Bessie Coleman's legacy will live on forever. They gave me three funerals, one in Jacksonville, one in Orlando, and this service in Chicago. Everyone I love was there. Funerals are sad because of lost dreams. And even though I was young, I feel satisfied with the life I live. I accomplished more than I could have ever dreamed of while I was picking cotton and cleaning white people's homes in Waxahachie. 
I have been blessed with amazing things since 1926. I already mentioned that my face is on a quarter. Go and find one. They were released in 2023. There's also a stamp out there that looks like me. In 1931, the Challenger Air Pilots Association started the tradition of flying over my grave to drop flowers. They've done it every single year since. And possibly the most touching thing I've seen? Thank you all for attending the opening of the Bessie Coleman Aero Club. William J. Powell opened the Bessie Coleman Aero Club in Los Angeles in 1929. He realized my dream of teaching black folks how to fly and even organize an all-black air show. What a sight that must have been. Bessie spoke at length about her desire to open a flight school for us. I'm just happy to have gotten the chance to follow in her trailblazing footsteps. Looking back, I now know that life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forward. Invisible Eagles, Bessie Coleman, starring Quivenjane Wallace, is a production of Flying Free Films and American Urban Radio Networks, based on a true story as told by Philip S. Hart, produced by Tanya Hart, John Funk, and Philip S. Hart, directed by Jay Silvers, and written by Danielle Nicky, with casting and voice direction by Freddie Beckley. Additional casting by Lisa Beach and Sarah Katzman. Sound design by Casey Gibson. Music by the Detroit Youth Choir. Additional music by Benjamin Burnside. Invisible Eagles Bessie Coleman features Tiana Camacho, Emmanuel Elpenord, Brian Green, Sophia Green, Joe Hernandez, Julian Smith, Meredith McLaughlin, Rebecca Thomas, Laith Walshlager, and Charlie West. Executive producer for American Urban Radio Networks, Chesley Maddox-Dorsey. Executive producer for Flying Free Films, Tanya Hart. If you're black and you're proud, hands up. If you want to make a change, I'm my leader, stand up. Look, I'm tired of seeing my people on the news. Texting my friends, hoping they're okay too. Okay.